Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Ooh, it's a spooky night. We're reading Witches by Roald Dahl. It's interesting, like, these books don't have numbered chapters. So it's like, we're going to get to the point where I don't just offhand know what chapter we're on. This one's easy because it's only the second one. Chapter two. The Witches. This chapter is called My Grandmother. I myself had two separate encounters with witches before I was eight years old. From the first I from the first I escaped unharmed, but on the second occasion, I was not so lucky. Things happened to me that I will that will probably make you scream when you read it out loud. They that can't be helped. The truth must be told. The fact that I'm still here and able to speak to you, however peculiar I may look, is due entirely to my wonderful grandmother. My grandmother was Norwegian. The Norwegians know all about witches. For Norway, with its black forest and icy mountains, is where witches first came from. My father and my mother were also Norwegian, but because my father had business in England, I had been born there and had lived there since I started to go to English school. Twice a year at Christmas and in the summer, we went back to Norway to visit my grandmother. This old lady, as far as I could gather, was just about the only surviving relative we had on either side of the family. She was my mother's mother, and I absolutely adored her. When she and I were together, we spoke in either Norwegian or in English. It didn't matter which. We were equally fluent in both languages, and I have to admit that I felt closer to her than my own mother. Soon after my seventh birthday, my mother took me to the usual, as usual, to spend Christmas with my grandmother in Norway. It was over there while my father and mother and I were driving into the icy weather, just north of Osalo, that our, our car skidded off the road and went tumbling down a rocky ravine. My parents were killed. I was firmly strapped into the back seat and received only a cut on my forehead. I won't go into the horrors of that terrible afternoon. I still get the shivers when I think about it. I finished up, of course, in the back of my grandmother's house with her arms around me tight and both of us crying the whole night long. What are we going to do now? I asked her through the tears. You will stay here with me, she said, and I will look after you. Aren't I going back to England? I asked. No, she said. I could never do that. Heaven shall take my soul, but Norway, Norway shall keep my bones. The very next day, in order that we, both, we must both try and forget our great sadness, my grandmother started telling me stories. She was a wonderful storyteller, and I was enthralled by everything she told me. But I didn't really get excited until she got to the subject of witches. She was apparently a great expert on these creatures, and she made it very clear to me that her witch, her witch stories, unlike most of the other stories, were not in imaginary tales. They were all true. Everything that she was telling me about witches actually happened, and I had better believe it. 
What was worse was that the was far was oh my gosh, what was worse? What was far far worse was that witches were still with us. They were all around us, and I had better believe that too. Are you really being truthful, grandma? Really truthful? My darling, she said, you won't last long in this world if you don't know how to spot a witch when you see one. But you told me witches look like ordinary women, Grandma, so how am I supposed to spot them? You must listen to me, Grandmother said. You must remember everything that I tell you. After that, all you can do is cross your heart and pray to heaven and hope for the best. We were in the big living room of her house in Asalo, and I was ready for bed. The curtains were never drawn in that house, and though the windows could, I could see huge snowflakes falling on the outside world that was black as tar. My grandmother was tremendously old and wrinkled with massive, with a massive wide body which was smothered in grace, gray lace. She sat there majestic in her armchair, filling every inch of it. Not even a mouse could have squeezed it, squeezed in to sit beside her. I myself, just seven years old, was crouched on the floor at her feet wearing pajamas, dressing gown, and slippers. You swear you're not, you weren't pulling my leg, I kept saying to her. You swear you aren't just pretending. Listen, she said, I have known no less than five children who have simply vanished off of this earth, never to be seen again. The witches took them. I still think you're trying to frighten me, I said. I'm trying to make you sure that you don't go the same way, she said. I love you and I want you to stay with me. Tell me about the children who disappeared, I said. My grandmother was the only grandmother I ever met who smoked cigars. She lit one now, and that long black cigar smelt of burning rubber. The first child I knew who disappeared, she said, was called Ring, Ringhild Hansen. Ringhild was about eight at the time, and she was playing with her little sister on the lawn. Their mother, who was baking bread in the kitchen, came outside to breathe air. Where's Ringhild? she asked. <sighs> She went away with a tall lady, the little sister said. What tall lady, said the mother. The tall lady with white gloves, said the sister. She took Ringhall by the hand and led her away. No one, my grandmother said, ever saw Ringhild again. Didn't they search for her, I asked. They searched for miles around. Everyone in the town helped, but they never found her. What happened to the other four children, I asked. They vanished just as Ringhild did. How, grandma, how did they vanish? In every case is a strange lady was who was seen outside the house just before it happened. But how did they just vanish? I asked. The second was only very peculiar, my grandmother said. There was a family called Christensen. They lived up Holman Colon, and they had a very old oil painting in the living room, which they were very proud of. The painting showed some ducks in the yard outside of the farmhouse. There were no people in the painting, just a flock of ducks on a grassy farm farmyard and a farmhouse in the background it was a large painting rather pretty one day their daughter Solveig came home from school eating an apple she said a nice lady had given it to her on the street the next morning little Solveig was not in her bed the parents searched everywhere but they couldn't find her then all of a sudden her father shouted there she is, said Solveig. That's Solveig feeding the ducks. I mean, not said Solveig. There she is. That's Solveig feeding the ducks. He was pointing at the oil painting, and sure enough, Solveig was in it. 
She was standing in the farmyard in the act of throwing bread to the ducks out of a basket. The father rushed up to the painting and touched her, but that didn't help. She was simply a part of the painting, just a painted picture on a canvas. Did you ever see that painting, Grandma, with the little girl in it? Many times, said my grandmother, and the peculiar thing was that little Solveig kept changing her position in the picture. One day she would actually be beside the farmhouse, then inside, and then you could see her face looking out the window. Another day she would be far over to the left with a duck in her arms. Did you see her moving in the picture, Grandma? Nobody did. Wherever she was, whether outside feeding the ducks or inside looking out the window, she was always motionless, just a figure in oil. It was very odd, my grandmother said. Very odd indeed. And what was most odd was that all of the years that went by, she kept growing older in the picture. In 10 years, the small girl had become a young, had become a young woman. In 30 years, years she was middle-aged. And then all at once, 54 years old, it all happened. She disappeared from the picture altogether. You mean she died? Who knows, said the grandmother. Some are very mysterious, or some very mysterious things go on in the world of witches. That's two you told me about, I said. What happened to the third one? Oh, the third one was little Birgit Svensson, my grandmother said. She lived just across the road from us. One day, she started growing feathers all over her body. Within a month, she had turned into a white little chicken. Her parents kept her for years in a pen in the garden. She even laid eggs. What color eggs, I said. Brown ones, my grandmother said. Biggest eggs I've ever seen in my life. Her mother made omelets out of them. Delicious they were. I gazed up at my grandmother, who sat there like an ancient queen on a throne. Her eyes were misty gray, and they seemed to be looking at something many miles away. The cigar was only the real thing about her (sighs) at that moment. And the smoke made bellowed right around her head in the blue clouds. But the little girl who became a chicken didn't disappear, I said. No, not Birgit. She lived for many years, laying her brown eggs. You said all of them disappeared. Oh, I made a mistake, said my grandmother. I'm getting old. I can't remember everything. Well, what happened to the fourth child? I asked my grandmother. The fourth child was called Harold, my grandmother said. One morning, his skin went all gray-yellow. Then it became hard and cracky, the shell like the shell of a nut. By the evening, the boy had turned to stone. Stone, I said. You mean real stone? Granite, she said. I'll take you to see him if you'd like. They still keep him in the house. He stands in the hall like a little stone statue. Visitors lean their umbrellas against him. Although I was very young, I was not prepared to believe anything my grandmother told me. And yet she spoke with such conviction, with such utter seriousness, and with a never a smile on her face or a twinkle in her eye that I found myself beginning to wonder. Go on, Grandma, I said. You told me there were five altogether. What happened to the last one? Would you like to puff would you like to puff on my cigar? she said. I'm only seven, Grandma. Well, I don't care what age you are, she said. You'll never catch a cold if you smoke cigars. What about number five, Grandma? Number five, she said, chewing the end of her cigar as though it were a delicious asparagus. Was an interesting case. A nine-year-old boy called Leaf was summer holidaying with his family on a fjord, and the whole family was 
was picnicking and swimming off of the rocks in one of those little islands. Young Leaf dived into the water and his father, who was watching him, noticed that he stayed under for an unusually long time. When he came to the surface, he wasn't Leaf anymore. What was he, Grandma? He was a porpoise. He wasn't. He couldn't have been. He was a lovely porpoise, she said, and as friendly as could be. Grandma, I said, yes, my darling. Did he really turn into a porpoise? Absolutely, she said. I knew his mother well. She told me all about it. She told me how Leaf the porpoise stayed with them all that afternoon, giving his brothers and sisters rides on their back. They had a wonderful time. Then he waved his flipper at them and swam away, never to be seen again. But Grandma, I said, how did they know that purpose was actually Leaf? Because he talked to them, my grandma said. He laughed and joked with them, and all the time he was giving them rides. But there wasn't a most tremendous fuss when that but wasn't there most the tremendous fuss when that happened? I asked. Not much, my grandmother said. You must remember that here in Norway we are used to that sort of thing. There are witches everywhere. There's probably one living on our street this very moment. It's time you went to bed. A witch wouldn't come stand come in through my window in the night, would she? I asked, quaking a little. No, my grandmother said. A witch will never do silly things like climbing up drain pipes or breaking into people's houses. You'll be quite safe in your bed. Come along. I'll tuck you in. Okay. That is creepy. Did you fall asleep, babe? Dang it. She fell asleep. Shocker.